0: Welcome to a new rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. Well, we are back for a lovely episode with a guest that was actually recorded this morning. I'm able to do this in one day. So thank you for everybody that tuned in live, and I will give you more details in just a sec. But before I do that, I do like to get the housekeeping out of the way. For those that are unaware from not listening to the previous episode, or you just didn't see the link in this episode's description, I have relaunched a Patreon campaign. I really need your support on Patreon. I've been doing this podcast for free for almost 10 years. And as it is a passion of mine that is going to continue, I will need your support uh, as well. And the lowest tier on Patreon is $1.00. Uh, But if the first 15 patrons of any tier, whether it's the first, second, or third tier, all different levels, any tier, the first 15 to sign up and become a patron on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash ttwithbb, you will get an email from me thanking you. And along those lines, you will be able to choose an item of your choice from the podcast merch store provided by T Public, which is also linked in this episode's description and pretty much all the previous episode's description. And as well as if you want a quick link to the merchandise, you can go to the official website, which is trendingtopicswithbbpodcast.com forward slash merchandise. You can find all the information to order your items there. And as I'm recording this episode, it is Labor Day weekend 2021. There's actually a merch sale going on through the weekend. Uh, everything is 35% off And actually up to 38%. So if you do want to support this podcast, not only with a piece of merchandise, but also some of those proceeds in the merch also come back to help support this podcast and all of the costs of keeping this podcast around. Uh, So thank you to everybody who wants to support or has support and any way you show your support it's much appreciated and if you're a listener on any podcast platform such as uh, apple podcasts uh stitcher really anywhere where you can leave a favorable rating or comment that helps as well because the more ratings the platforms then suggest this to other listeners new and old and it just helps me out so now that all of that housekeeping is out of the way i want to excuse me Introduced my lovely guest, DJ, producer, educator, Mike Freak is his DJ name. Uh, Mike is his first name. Uh, We talk about how he got the name on the episode, but we also talk about a lot of other great subjects such as his musical background as a musical educator to DJing, producing, Twitch streaming, all of the above. So without further ado, I give you my lovely conversation with Mike Freak. Well, welcome to a new episode of Trending Topics with BB. I appreciate everybody that will listen to this when the audio is up uh, shortly afterwards, as well as the video replay that is available on the channels that are currently streaming right now. Uh, my lovely guest today is Mike Freak. Uh, we've had the pleasure of meeting in chat on Twitch over the last year and a half, and I wanted to talk about his musical background. So welcome to my podcast.
1: Hey, how are you doing? Great.
0: Um, so I guess I want to start with, um, kind of how you got into producing and DJing and, and um, why house music for you? Why, why specifically do you uh, find a love for house music?
1: Okay. So I do not I didn't even know. Um, well, I started, I got started in music a little early, like around seven, eight years old. Um, I wanted to play basketball, but I had, um, asthma, so I. I couldn't. So my mom was like, Let's "Try the violin," and that's how it kind of started. I didn't like the violin, but that kind of I guess put that. How do you say that? Um, yeah, it kind of like made me think that there's an option in you know what I wanted to do, which was sports, but it didn't work out. So, yeah, music was that. And then until high school, when I started playing for bands, I was like, "Oh." This is fun, playing in front of people. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, high school all the way to after college, I was playing for bands. And I think that, like, during my final year in college, um, I actually majored in music, so that's one. Um, I was doing classical music as well as playing rock music. So the funny thing was after you know, doing rehearsals and doing gigs. There was nothing else to do. So we would go to Raves. And we I didn't really understand what was going on, but I was I was there. I was dancing and hanging out with folks and meeting a lot of people. And yeah, this was back in the Philippines where I grew up. So yeah, one of the first DJs I saw that I've like really looked up to was Derek May. And yeah, he came to over to the Philippines, did the set. And I was I was blown away by it, but I didn't really care much for it, really. But I was like, it was a mind blowing experience. So yeah, that's kind of how it started.
0: Awesome. And you said you majored in music. Yeah. Was it a specific instrument or just music? Um, or music well, I was, or music.
1: Um. So my plan was I was going to be a percussionist. And I was pretty good at it, but at the same time, my kind of thinking was, you know, if this fails, might as well just teach music. So I ended up taking music education and majored in it, but yeah, I could play the piano and the percussion pretty good. So that's kind of like my background music wise and you know I've learned a whole lot of other instruments like I can play the guitar bass so whatever instrument I kind of like needed or felt like you know I needed to play I kind of learned it so yeah and and then now I don't know if there's a cello right there my daughter's playing it but I'm playing it with her so we practice every now and then so yeah that's
0: that's awesome so yeah I I grew up playing the saxophone which hence the name right okay cool yeah i played alto and barry i actually still have i was about to
1: ask them. if you what what the what, what yeah range. Yep.
0: um and i did the whole marching band thing and, uh-huh, cool. and then i also picked up in high school uh steel drums so i played a little steel oh, drum nice and, and then um, my freshman year of college i played with a steel drum band at college as well um and then you know over the course of playing instruments i kind of studied theory kind of just because that's what you do in band is that you got to learn how to read music so you just kind of study that yeah. your time but i didn't mm-hmm. specifically major in music okay so i kind of want to pick your brain on your my i have a hard time like i've tried producing recently i tried downloading a DAW i have ableton and i was trying to kind of oh, think nice. of some put some ideas down Mm -hmm. And because I have an instrument background, I have a hard time, like, putting two and two together with DAZ. You know what I mean? Because the whole idea of pressing a button as opposed to recording an instrument is a little bit hard for me to grasp. Mm -hmm. Have, Have you been able to kind of create kind of the electronic sound, knowing your background in music?
1: Um I think the hardest part on my end was yeah pretty much understanding how uh, DAW's work. I knew I, you know, I knew if I have an idea I can sing it and I can play it on the piano or I can play it on the guitar. That was I guess that was kind of easy on my end, but trying to translate it over to Ableton kind of took a, took a bit of work to un, for me to like understand how those things work but eventually you know after several youtube and you you know i joined a ton of forums when i was starting out in ableton that's where i kind of like oh this is this is how things work and i think one of the hardest things to understand with with new producers is understanding like the form the formula of making dance music so that's that it's one of those things that people need to understand because it has some sort of a formula to it and once you understand the formula the next part is adding your creative creativity to it which is even harder So, so my suggestion would be like if you're using ableton like put your favorite song in ableton and try and dissect it you know like what happens on the intro on the intro Like, just a kick drum happens. So, usually, if you listen to a whole lot of dance music, it usually starts with a... That's a formula right there. So, you kind of need to understand that's what happens. And also, it works as me looking at it now as a DJ. Because I started as a producer first. Now that I'm DJing, I kind of like, Oh, something, you know, it opened up even more. So... Yeah, one is understanding the formula. Second is like adding your creativity to it. I don't know. Third is kind of like finding your sound, because people have different types of sounds that they want to do. So I think that's the third one. I don't know. Um yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I don't know if I I don't know if I explained that pretty good. But yeah.
0: Yeah, those are I I guess I never thought of it that way. But I guess I guess my disconnect is that I like multiple genres of electronic dance music. Yeah. So, like, I have some ideas that are kind of intricate, and I think that's why I've had some struggles kind yeah. of breaking it down because I have some ideas of remixes and kind mm-hmm. of reworks that are pretty advanced but yet i don't really know the doll well enough to like execute it so i think that's the issue i just think i need to figure out something a little bit more sm- simple i guess yeah
1: I, yeah i, th- I think more the, the the way to do it and understand how it goes is like yeah start things think simple you know if you have an idea do you have? Are you using a controller, or you just use you're just in front of Ableton?
0: Uh, well, I do have a MIDI controller. I have a little mini, uh, like keyboard. Yeah, a mini keyboard. Okay. Yeah. So,
1: so right there, you can start with something easy, like you know, just program a, a drum loop that you like, and then you know, once once you nail that one, you can. It's pretty much like copy and paste. Kind of think of it as like your word document. So like your first sentence yeah. and just copy and paste it. And then if you have one, to add another one, then, you know, layer it with something else, then copy and paste it. And then it keeps going on and on until, you know, you have several sentences. And that's kind of like your main idea right there. And then you kind of like move it in different places. Like, you know, your first sentence, you copy it and put it in like the second verse or something. So you kind of have like, think of it as um think of it as like your word your um your word document <laughs> kind of thing or kind of like an excel yeah, you know, yeah. Where you have, yeah. i don't know it's, it's it's kind of hard to say it without being in front of ableton or without being in front of um the software but right yeah, kind of you have to think of it like that that's kind of how uh I'm thinking of it.
0: Do you, did, when you were starting out? did you, after you, you studied music and everything, did you have an issue with like seeing the notes in your brain first and then executing it? Because there are DAWs out there that like translate into sheet music. Mm-hmm. And I think I've tried kind of tutorials on those. And my brain kind of works in that way. That's what I'm yeah. kind of saying, Is like, if I, just had like wrote down notes mm-hmm. I, I'm more of a person that can like go from there as opposed to the lines or the waveforms within a dog. Oh
1: okay. Because there are a couple of ways to do it. One is um, if you're making your music that way on Ableton there's some um, thing you call piano roll. So you can pretty much draw your notes right there. So if you're okay um here's a, another formula in dance music that a lot of times dance music is just like a two chord progression so if you know your music you always have your first like your first note and then you move four steps up that's your second so you pretty much play with those two notes you can have something danceable right there <laughs> it's kind of like like if I'm standing right in the you know, in front of a piano, I have my controller right here. I've, I can kind of like visualize out that those two notes can make people dance right away. So looking at it like that, so you just draw like, you know, if you're like you play alto, the alto sax, right? So yeah. alto sax is like, is that's a B flat. Is that a B flat instrument?
0: It's, uh alto
1: uh, and barrier, e flat oh e flat okay, so you just play your e bump 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 then move on to your fourth note pop so you add the kick to that the 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 so that's put it put it in ableton like that you kind of have like a groove, <laughs> I don't know it's a music geek in me sorry. <laughs> Well,
0: that kind of yeah. well. It, as we talk about house music, there, there's been kind of saxophone's been used in house music. Yes. And why, other than like the the previous genres, and we could go down that rabbit hole. But basically, other than the influences that became before house music, why do you think there's certain instruments that bode well with? on top of electronic, specifically, like, house music and, and kind of the different ways. Specifically, like, what I'm harking back is to, you know, the collab you did with Abco mm-hmm. and just the piano and why everybody loves Hire so much is yeah. just breaking down that that riff. So to kind of go back with the saxophone, why do you think, in your opinion, knowing music, it works well?
1: Um, I think... A lot of it, this, I'm I'm gonna hard go back to the, the simplicity of it. Um, unlike any other electronic music genres, it's kind of like traditional. You know, you just use the piano as opposed to when you're listening to techno. There's a lot of things going on. I mean, I love techno, and I I play techno every now and then, and I enjoy you know those electronic sounds and you know those weird sounds, but they make you dance and. The piano is kind of like very traditional it's been used you know for ages and when you think about it even like in the 1700s now this is another the music geek in me like you know these people who wrote dance music back in the day if you listen to um i dare say beethoven they were being used as you know they were used by the kings and the queens for their dances, <laughs> so yeah, right. So, and it kind of all started with him just writing those music and the piano and translating it to the orchestra. So, um, it's it's one of the basic instruments, really. Um, if you need to understand music, you look at the piano, kind of look at how it goes, and so with with dance music, with, with, especially with house, it's built off of that. Because um, technology back then, there's a lot of it really that evolves on technology. The, the keyboard was very accessible. If you don't have um, a guitar, if you, if you have a keyboard, you can mimic the sound on your synthesizer with that. So it kind of falls down on like the, the basics of music pretty much. Oh, Joseph Frey is here. Hey, Joseph.
0: <laughs> Shout out, Joseph. Thank you for stopping by. Yeah, um, I, yeah I mean, I, I technically I should say that actually the first instrument that I took lessons in was piano. But that, I kind of feel like I don't know. I mean, I know that it's in the QC and I kind of remember some of the scales, but I spent so many years mastering saxophone <laughs> that the, the scales and, and kind of way of playing in my mind, is based on the sax. But it's just, I guess, I don't know, I really, I guess I haven't had the time to kind of really kind of transpose the ideas and kind of put them Uh down yet. So it's kind of, because I've also had that fear of like, I don't understand, I'm more of a, can read music and think of it in that terms as opposed to Maybe importing a plugin. So I just, I guess, I need to do a little bit more practice. I guess. Yeah,
1: it's more of a mindset as well, and practice actually, you know, doing it. Like I, I, even before we, I got, I was, I logged in here, I was making music. So, it kind of, it's been like a routine for me. You know, I always find time to make music, even for an hour, or a couple of minutes. I it's 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 a commitment more than anything else it kind of like you know how do I say it it's kind of like how you got into saxophone and how you understood it because you did it every day you practiced it every day like if you're doing your band routines you're you it's something you do every day you know you know where you're supposed to go if you're doing your march you count and all that yeah. and it's it's um it's the same way with sports You know, if you want to be good at something, you do it every day. You do it every single day until you become good at it. Even if you're good at it, you still do it every day. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a mental, it's mental practice and physical. So. I kind
0: of want to go back a little bit before we continue on the music route. Uh, Can you explain how you got your name, Mike Freak? Oh, that's embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Or the story you want to tell. Yeah.
1: Well, well. Yeah, because my name is my first name is Michael and my dad's name, um, everyone his name was Miguel. So, and growing up, I kind of wanted he his friends called him Mike, and I wanted to be called Mike too, and I didn't want to be called Michael. So I like the name Mike. So, but his Mike was M I K E, so. To kind of, like, differentiate it. Like, I'm the son. Not the... <laughs> not the dad. So, I used MYC because it... I felt like it sounded cool back then. So, yeah. And the freak was... I was signing up for an email. And I didn't know what um what to... What, what to put in. So, I just... Yeah, I just used Mike Freak. And then, you know, when I started getting gigs, what... what I couldn't use my name because even... Filipinos couldn't say my last name, and so I was like, "Yeah, let's just use Mike Free," and that was it. It was <laughs> it was a very Stuck. random thing. <laughs> so now it's yeah. It, everyone... Awesome.
0: So, so do you still kind of mu- like I know in your bio and stuff you still list music educating. Do you still do you do you teach? Do you? I... Or are yeah. you more like teaching classes of production? Wait, so,
1: yeah, um, my day job, so I, t- I teach music since I do have a background in music and education. So that's my day job. I, t- I teach music here in Baltimore City. And I teach kids. Um, so I teach them the keyboard. I teach singing, which I couldn't do now with the pandemic. But I, back then, yeah, I teach those. And so that's been my day job that kind of pays the bills. And the rest, like music production, I, I help out a lot of producers. So I kind of like do meets every now and then on Zoom or Google Meets, where I help out several producers as well. So it's one of, um, yeah, it's still yeah teaching, but that one I enjoy because I get to talk about music technology.
0: That's awesome, well, I guess because i I spent majority of my life in music education, I'm very passionate about continuing and keeping the arts in schools, yes, and the ability to help or help kids get an instrument mm-hmm. um, or at least some sort of time I mean not saying that they have to play an instrument, but at least try it, you know, yeah. Uh, Other than the recorder, because I feel like when I was in elementary school and they made us do the recorder, I actually did like playing the recorder. It wasn't until years later when I picked up the sax in middle school is when I was like, oh, I love music. But it's one of those things where it's like, I feel it's important and it kept me out of trouble and it kept me, you know, studious. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, it's weird that they're like trying to get rid of the arts in schools
1: yeah, that actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it's pretty sad. Um Hey, Jenden, Jenden, ATX is here.
0: Nice to see the crew shopping back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think um, music is important, even if you don't, you know, end up being a music professional, but enjoying it in some way, in some form, and you know, making people understand that hey, music is fun, even if you don't, you know even if you don't play an instrument. Like, the moment you hear something, you you nod your head. That's a musical experience for some people. And I think in in education, we kind of don't see that value in it. There's a lot of things that you can learn. Like, I was, you know, talking about earlier, you know, practice. Practice in music kind of helps. Practice in anything develops that skill. So you know, you can apply whatever musical skill kind of um, attitude that you learn and and apply it in life, you know. So I've always seen music as kind of like a mental and a um, physical kind of thing. So that's what I will, as me as an educator, I kind of want kids to understand that. That, you know, it goes beyond what you're doing in the classroom. You know, if you want to be good in math, you have to keep doing math, you know, kind of have right. practice, practice. you know, adding, you know, two plus two. It, when it becomes natural to you, kind of like music, when they, you know, everything becomes natural, it flows. It just flows kind of like in, you know, I'm going to harken back to sports, which I love. Um, you know, if you shoot every day, you're going to get good at it no matter what. <laughs> so, yeah. Those are the musical skills that you can apply in life. Practice.
0: Along those lines, do you do you also believe that it's important to kind of educate musical history for kids um, as well as like current people within the industry as well? Because there was an influx in my opinion, of people wanting to get into this profession or get into the music industry and really didn't saw the glitz and the glamour, but they didn't really see the grit that goes into it and like
1: um, the,
0: the knowledge?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I, for me, I love, I love history. I, I enjoy you know, learning about you know, the background of, of um, something like you know house music i had to dig deeper to understand where it came from and i don't know if that's i feel it's not important it is essential kind of cuz if you want to if i don't i don't even know how to say it but i i just love history on my on my own but for someone who who wants to get in it you don't really have to understand it kind of you know like um yeah i have like take take for example example my daughter like she she likes she likes k-pop but she likes the new k-pop and my wife guys was like into k-pop back in the day and there's some disconnect between them (laughs) so like my wife knows the history my daughter doesn't so it's is it important I don't know. But if you're, if you're going to go and dig deeper, yes, it is. that's when it becomes important. So for you to understand what's going on, you have to look into history. But as someone who's like a casual listener or maybe, you know, you're just starting out as a producer or as a DJ, you kind of like look to what you are into at the moment. And then as you go deeper, as you, you know, get to fall in love with it then that's when you come looking for the history of it if that i don't know if that makes sense but that's how i kind of look at it
0: yeah i guess i mean
1: it's kind of shallow but
0: (laughs) well no what i'm getting i guess i guess it just depends on your outlook but over the years i've been really passionate about kind of Memorizing music before I even started playing instruments. I grew up in a musical household. My dad was a Latin percussionist. So there was always music huh. playing. And so I just grew up kind of memorizing music in terms of like artists and, and songs and different genres. And then when I started studying music, I was putting two and two together with, so, oh, so this is how they make that chord. And this is how they yeah. made that rhythm. Mm -hmm. as I got older and then I just had found myself just kind of studying and 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 then I got into electronic dance music in the 90s and then it's just been this kind of like progression of like just learning as I've gone but I I've talked to people that kind of just have that disconnect where you not saying that they have to be like I am but what I'm saying is sometimes I feel in present day that it helps that people kind of know the artist Began a genre or began a definitely yeah that's, that's important.
1: It's important if you're like deep into it. If you are, you know, if you want to be serious at on at this level, it's important for you to understand where it came from. So you you always have your background. You always you know the people that you look up to. But for someone who's like yeah you like you you, you took music seriously. That that's very important. You know like i studied music so i need to understand where it came from i need to understand yeah. the theory of it and me understanding the theory kind of helps out with you know me producing so there's a level to it that people will need to um un- understand yes jendend of uh, i did um yeah studied music actually i was um yeah i was about to <laughs> great I, question I was, yeah i was, <laughs> was taking a master's in music uh a couple of years ago but i stopped um yeah
0: which is funny because about a month or two ago i was like maybe i need to go back to school and like get like a musicology yeah. degree or a music history degree mm-hmm. But part of me is like do I want to go back to school? <laughs> i um, I've been out of school for so many years. I know. And I, and my what my bachelor's degree is is communication. It's not music. So but it's just I love music so much and I'm passionate about I think that's why I started this podcast and been talking to various artists and people of different genres and stuff is because I like learning as much as I like listening
1: well, to music. To be yeah, to be fair now um so several years ago i was i was studying in berkeley but i was doing an online school and i enjoyed that one and i would suggest you you, yeah you check check out their courses there's a lot of stuff that you can find I'm, i'm always an advocate for school so yeah i mean learning through experience is great like i've learned a lot being a dj being a producer on my own but it will always harken down to you know I I studied music so that kind of like gives that enjoyment in me being in school. So, right. That's that's how I will always I'll always recommend going to school no matter what the age or what the um, where yeah. you're at in life.
0: Yeah, I'm still considering taking some classes. It's just I think part of me is like I'm so out of practice of the school thing that like uh. Yeah, it's like getting, getting over that, kind of hump.
1: <laughs> um,
0: I want to shout out everybody that's watching live. Thank you for the comments yes. and
1: questions. Um, yeah, we we have a couple of questions here.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to read it here. Oh, uh,
1: what was um, Jaden did? Yes, I did take uh, music. I made then a majored in music college and then I don't know. I just discovered producing, then like five, six years ago I just discovered DJing. So DJing was like my last musical skill that I picked up. I would, I would say.
0: <laughs> um I wanna I wanna talk about your album that you released this year.
1: Oh. Uh, uh so- everything.
0: <laughs> yeah i, I do want to talk about that because it was a labor of love for you correct and it took a while to kind of put it yeah. into like a long play it's it.
1: about it's about two years two years so, okay about the year two, a year and a half to me um so it's pretty special because yeah 2019 2018 um I got sick. Uh, yeah, I, I had cancer twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, and it's one of those experiences that kind of changes your life because you know, yeah, it felt like a death sentence. I thought I was I was gonna go, <laughs> and one of those things I've learned, and one of those skills I've learned was I've like learned how to make music anywhere, so. Um oh scratch scratch scratcher oh oh, I'm sorry to hear that yeah it is yeah it's a very rough disease it's a it's both a mental and physical kind of thing and yeah 2019 so I signed actually 2018, I signed an EP with DJ Spen on his label Quantize, and and he was, like, asking for more music. I was like, yeah, I have a ton of music ready, and so we put out the first album, I think, 2019, and when it dropped, it was, like, my first chemo session, and I was in the hospital for, like, five, six straight days. I was just there. I was pretty much, like, in a hotel, but I was, in, I was doing chemo. So... Um yeah, my, my wife brought my, my my laptop and my keyboard with me. So I was just there pretty much for like six straight months. I was um in and out of the hospital and I was just making music. I wrote a ton of music while I was there because there was really nothing else for me to do. And I was plugged in, everything was plugged, and I have my keyboard. I was just making music the whole time. So yeah, the album Everything twenty When it came out this year was it's pretty much a labor of love and pain and a whole lot of emotions going through me so yeah
0: and so that's
1: why it's pretty emotional but now when people ask about it when i talk about it it reflects all the experiences i went through during that time and but it was also a blessing um that's when i'm you know i end up ended up meeting crystal waters And we ended up collaborating on one song and then that led to another one, which ended up being Party People. And yeah, that's now we're like working on our third one. But the album was kind of like based off of that, my work with her and then a lot of collaborations, which is one of those things I've learned was, yeah making music is a communal thing it's not just all about me because when i was starting out i thought was like i was just going to make my own track make my own work and all that but you know i've learned that you need people to work with and it kind of like you know went back to like with me being in a band back then i was playing with other people i enjoyed it it was some of the best times of my life and now me collaborating on productions kind of like Oh, this is fun working with people. So now, if you if you look at the album, there's ev- like pretty much all the songs are collab. I collab that I did with people, and it's it took a while for me to understand that. So now I'm embracing collaborations as much as like before. I was like, I want to do things solo, and yeah. So I
0: think, yeah, I think it's awesome. Well, I just kind of wanted to shout that out so people go pick up your album and kind of a little backstory of, you know, yeah. what you went through. But speaking of collabs, obviously everybody on Twitch that follows, thank you for everybody watching right now, live, um, loves Hire with Abco, but I also know you're working on a collab with Lizzie Curious, right? Because I'm a friend, she's been on the pod as well, and uh I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know the details. I just know she mentioned it. And uh, what you've collabed a lot, and you just mentioned you like you know collaborations. What do you in in house music? I've noticed there's just a love for collaboration more than maybe some other genres. I mean, it's kind of happening, but yeah. Why do you think house music is more? ingrained with collaborations than it is just straight remixes or or I, reworks
1: I don't know I mean when you th- think about it like a lot of the music even in pop music is um, all about collaboration um, the thing with it now is like a, the collaborators are part of the music itself so um, perfect example would be Beat it by Michael Jackson. So you know Van Halen played guitars on that, but he was not credited, you know. Like if Michael Jackson released that now, it would have been beat it, Michael Jackson featuring Van Halen, you know. Yeah, that's true. That so it it's one of those um like it's becoming the the thing now where the people involved in the music making gets a credit for, for being a part of it. But back then, it was just about that one artist or that one band. So now, it's, it's not... I, I don't think it's just in dance music, house music per se. But back then, I guess house music was kind of like one of those first, you know, um, genres that accepted collab as kind of like a, a standard or, you know, part of the culture per se. When all other forms of music kind of like just wanted to focus on that one artist. If, um, yeah, that makes sense right there. But that's how I kind of like see it. Because, yeah, back then, if people have been collabing for like forever. (laughs) But house music was like one of the first ones to embrace that, you know, let's feature those people involved in the production and put their names in it. And, you know, make them part of part of the release. So now everyone's doing it. Right. And it's, yes. It's,
0: well, I guess Go my ahead. question on that is um, there just doesn't seem to be like egos when there's like a straight collab as much well, as maybe there may have been in the past. Or maybe it's just my way of looking at it. But like in pop music you know they i guess it's just different when there's like featuring so and so you know what i mean so like in terms of like when you released with abco it's like you both you know put work into that so like Mm -hmm. we know that as a difference to like sometimes when you hear of a song being released and it's like featuring somebody and it's literally they just put like they rap on it or they yeah,
1: just just one verse or one word. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Or they're just, they maybe added an instrument in the background or something like that. So why do you think, I don't know. It just seems to me that like house music is very inclusive a little mm-hmm. bit more than maybe. Yeah, actually. Yeah,
1: yeah. Actually, house music is one of the first um, genres of music that's, that's been accept- accepting of, um, you know, different races, sexual orientation. There's, I mean, there's always going to be discrimination anywhere, but house music is one of those like that accepted that, and it has sort of become the norms, you know. And now other genres are kind of following suit with 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 what house um house music did. So, and when you think about the background of house and dance music, I'm I'm not I'm, I'm not an expert when it comes to that, but. You know, you hear stories of back then, one of the first um, places to where house music was played was at gay bars. You know? And and disco back then, which was like the the basis of house, where house music kind of started, where it got its foundation, was you know, when you look at those places like Studio 54 where Disco was big back then. These people were not, you know, we wouldn't say they were living in what we call the norms back then, because it was like a, you know, people of different, different or, orientation, different, different colors, and they were accepting of that. And, you know, once it became house music, it has become like a standard you know pe- when we don't look at you based on your color your sexual orientation we just look at you as the music we love it but we embrace it so that's kind of how uh, how i think that's why i guess house music stands out differently in, in terms of you know other forms of other genres of music
0: yeah, it's just it's just been interesting, and I think I've noticed it being on Twitch and a lot since the pandemic, um, and seeing everybody kind of thrive and and collaborate mm. and network. Mm-hmm. There's just been a lot of, I mean, collabs that have come out of the pandemic actually, and mm-hmm. a lot of, um, maybe that weren't necessarily going to happen beforehand, or maybe they were, but it kind of. It has been interesting to see like everybody kind of embrace collaborations a little bit more, specifically in this time when everybody was kind of isolated and yeah unsure of things. Um what how did you like start meet DJ Spen and get in with Contais and, um, and your history there?
1: DJ Spen, how I met him. Um so here in Baltimore, there's a um, radio station that supports house music. And shout out to W E A. Nice. Here in um here in, here in Baltimore City. And every night they would do Saturday nights, they do like house music. This feature house music. And one of those, um, one of those nights I got invited to play, do a set for the station. So I went to the station. And one of the guys from Quantize was there, um, DJ Quantize Groove. And we met there, and, I was, and he told me he was part of Quantize. I was like, oh, wait, wait, I'm a producer. Can I send you demos? <laughs> so I kind of hustled my way there. So I sent demos, and then the demo went straight to DJ's pen. And yeah, we started talking right there in the email. And you know, as soon as, yes, I found out I was sick just hit him up with an email i was like thanking him this is perfect i'm glad this ep is getting put out and i just told him this is kind of like this has been a blessing out of all this stuff i've gotten so i told him i was sick and then first you know next thing you know he started he asked for my number we started talking and god prayed for me and that was how kind of how the relationship started and now yeah, he's one of my. I would I would say he's like a dad, brother, older brother, to me. <laughs> so, but that's how it started right there. Awesome. Oh, Great. going back to the Lizzie Curious thing, I haven't heard back from Lizzie. He said he, she like she said she likes it. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. But yeah, it's almost done, unless you know there's some changes that. Probably minor changes. I'm hoping it's just minor changes that needed to be done. But, yeah, that's almost done.
0: I, I, I'm i excited. I mean...
1: Yeah, me too. I'm excited about that. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, we all agree to where we want to take the track and the direction it's going. So, I'm looking forward to that one. Stephen Hines, welcome in. Yeah, welcome, uh, everybody. Wednesday.
0: Thank you for following and driving and in live. Um, so I guess kind of where I wanted to talk about, we've talked about mainly collaborations and and your background, but talk about kind of your community on Twitch and kind of how it's grown and, and, and kind of what Twitch streaming has done for DJs and, and producers.
1: Uh, um, so Kind of, my Twitch is kind of tied to DJ spence and Abco. Those are, they were the ones that kind of like opened the doors for me as far as Twitch goes. Cause I had, I was just trying to find a venue or like a way for me to DJ. And when clubs stopped, closed, like I was, I was like, what am I gonna do? I want to DJ. So yeah, Abco who we're like real life friends even before the pandemic we we talked about putting out an EP we met with clubs here in DC and I was like impressed with what she was doing and I, I, I love her style we were like so when we started talking about doing an EP together and then, before you know it, everything happened. The pandemic happened, everything shut down. So, whatever projects that we were talking about got shelled. And then I found out, you know, she was into Twitch. I was like, yeah, let me check out what's going on <laughs> on Twitch. So, I suggested that to DJ Span, and DJ Span was like, yeah, let me start a Twitch channel and start streaming too. So, before you know it, those two guys were like big, already big on Twitch. And I was like, what am I doing? So, Yeah, when that one started, Abco invited me to do a rooftop set. And that's where, you know, I've got several, like about 50 followers from doing that rooftop set with Abco. So I was like, maybe I should start streaming regularly. Because when I was streaming up, I had like five, three people there. But Mm -hmm. when I did that set with Abco, I was like having a couple of regulars. So I was like, hey, let me just do this. This is fun. I enjoy chatting anyway, so might as well DJ and chat.
0: Right. I mean, I've enjoyed seeing everybody kind of thrive on this platform and and kind of see where it takes everybody. But it's just been interesting because, I mean, I kind of knew, I was kind of on Twitch um, before all of this, but not much. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not the biggest gamer. um, But the idea of all the you know now you know i've been podcasting for almost 10 years and so i'm now on twitch doing it but it's just kind of everything's kind of evolved obviously with the times and it's just been interesting to see kind of everybody kind of meet up on twitch and then kind of see how they collaborate or team up on stuff you like you mentioned we like we were talking about inclusivity like how fem house fridays is such a great initiative and how it's become so big for a lot of people to tune in every friday and Mm. help propel women and non-binary folk in music and producing and djing and it's just i think that's great that the community has embraced different ways of of reaching other people Mm -hmm. from since you do music education and you 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 DJ and produce kind of what do you suggest for those that kind of have the same kind of aspirations going forward i mean the mu- music industry is kind of in this like weird i would say weird spot right now because of yeah you know things reopening up and everything
1: mm-hmm. um i don't know it's For me, it's always been about routine. It's always been about doing the same thing over and over and over every single day. And I kind of, for myself, I thrive on that. I thrive on schedules. I thrive on, like, I wake up at seven, do this. You know, at eight o'clock, this is what I should be doing. And it's not for everyone, but you have to find that way of, you know, finding time for the things that you want to be doing and the things that you feel you need to do so it's 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 not time management pretty much um, sorting out priorities so my like when one thing I want to do is I want to just keep making music until you know until I can, I can't make music so I'm, I'm gonna have to find time to find a way to keep keep that part of my schedule so you know, even when i'm working i'm still making music like during my break time i'm eating lunch I'm, I'm making music so just like what i was talking about earlier it's all about you know mental practice doing it over and over and over until it becomes natural and it's not it's not for everyone it's 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 Pretty hard mentally because sometimes it just drives me nuts when you know you you work on something it doesn't work out it it's, it's you know I make music that I love no one listens to it so that's that's when I kind of like have to reset I stop whatever I'm doing and kind of like take a break for a couple of days and then come back to it because that's what I want to do I just want to make music so. It's it's discouraging, but at the same time, encouraging. If you make it, make it a habit. You know, if you try and close distractions, not think about what's going on. Like I, like my social media, now, I stop. Yeah, one thing I did, I stopped looking at social media. I just post on social media, but that's that's what I do. I try not to get distracted by other things. But Twitch has been a distraction too. <laughs> Yeah. So sometimes I end up being in a rabbit hole, being in the chat, being stupid in chat, and but it's fun. I, I yeah, that's why I love about Twitch. I enjoy it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I some people. Well, I don't know. Some people have said it as well on you know on and uh, other the what I found interesting about everybody joining Twitch in the last couple years and all the music and all the DJs that are on is that the music kind of became the focal point And then like the chat and, and the community, I felt that that was kind of waning before the pandemic, when you would go to clubs or go to events and it wasn't necessarily, people weren't necessarily focused on the music. They were just kind of focused. Hey, I, to say, I went to this event or went, um, I was there, but I didn't really remember who was on stage or who was playing. Yeah, and I think what Twitch is kind of reintroduced to a lot of people is like the importance of the music itself. Do you agree?
1: Um, I don't know. Because um, live music in itself, experiencing it is 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 a different thing, but. For some people, it could it mean different things when you go to live events. Like, you know, sometimes some people just go there to be with their friends. And there are people who go there for the music itself. And you've, I don't know if you if you notice, some people go to clubs by themselves. Those are the people that are into the music.
0: I've been one of those. <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: I've, I've done that. I've done that. So there are people like that. And... Not not that they're introverts, but they just love the music. They just go there for the music, and there are people like that in clubs. And you know, we we all have we all we all do things differently. Like people go, like I said, people go to clubs for for different things, and sometimes people just want to dance, you know. <laughs> right and people and people people forget that we go to clubs cuz we want to dance and you want to enjoy that sub that bass hitting you real hard and that's mm-hmm. what i like about it so but with twitch kind of like hey if you have everyday life you know i can't go to a club right now i'll just listen to my favorite dj you know True. <laughs> so that that's one thing for me as a dj i've I d- DJ differently in the clubs than I DJ on Twitch, and it's it's weird. Like when people think of me as like a house, soulful house kind of DJ, but when I DJ in clubs, I like hit hard, and I just play straight up bangers unless I'm opening. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 kind of like a, I have kind of I guess a different persona on Twitch than I have uh, I do in real life. The real-life gigs. And Stephen Hines, yes, clubs are open here in the U.S. I have a couple of club gigs coming up, so I won't be on Twitch that much the next couple of weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, Stephen. Um, depending on where you are, things have either right. reopened or they've been open. I mean, Florida never really shut down, so yeah. <laughs> they've been basically doing it longer mm-hmm. than anybody. But it just depends on where you are. And... Right. um.
1: It depends on yeah how um the government your the local government is um you know dealing with with the virus I guess. Yeah.
0: Um and also I mean live music in general is kind of it depends on right now it actually just depends on the artist and the promoter because mm-hmm. it's right. Like like Live Nation and Ticketmaster have like an even Insomniac that does EDC, they have all these like now restrictions of like testing and bringing your proof right. and stuff to get in, but you can still go to concerts now. Like mm-hmm. I went to, I went
1: yeah, to I, Vegas I saw- for
0: a comp- concert a couple weeks ago and I've been, um, at the beginning of August, I went to Fenway park. Yeah. I, I think I saw
1: that. I saw your post there. I saw, I yeah, saw that so, post. I was like, Oh, what's she doing here? <laughs> yeah. So it just,
0: it also depends on if it's an outdoor venue versus an indoor venue right. right now. Uh-huh. So,
1: yeah, there's there's a lot of factors involved. Yeah, you know, you know artists, clubs, the venue. So it's kind of hard to gauge right now. Yeah. Like, I, and I don't know. I I played like three shows since clubs have opened. It's weird how I, uh, I enjoy Twitch. <laughs> 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 kind of really? Right. Right, right? Yeah, I enjoy Twitch. I mean. I don't know. I can't. I I struggle. I struggle with drunk people. Yeah. (laughs) I struggle dealing with requests. And if there's that, I I lose that whatever momentum I have. Someone comes up to me and asks for something. I just, yeah. I guess it's me not being used to being around people because I've been isolated. When people come up to me and i'm in the zone and someone comes up to me asking for this i'm like oh man <laughs> i wish i why wasn't you- Twitch."
0: <laughs> yeah why do you think that but- people think like out i've noticed that where they like go up to the booth or like try to talk to djs and stuff or i don't know distract artists when they're trying to do their thing in real life as a, I know obviously twitch is a whole thing different di- you you know, but mm-hmm. why do people feel like they can do that? Like, I, I don't. I've I never don't been know. that type of person that, unless I was invited by the DJ or something. Right. Like, I, yeah. I,
1: I, I don't know. It's it's privilege, I guess. Yeah. Um, and etiquette. I think up. Uh, you know. There's some um, I don't know if people still do that, but back then, in you know you don't talk to the DJ. and Because now people, we kind of like put the DJs on a pedestal and you, as, us, us kind of like, you know, the people, we we think that we, you know, since the DJ, we, we pay the DJ or we kind of think of them as kind of like a jukebox kind of thing. and I guess. But back then, you know, DJs create the vibe and we let the DJs do the work. And now, you know it's 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 a different time, different mindset among people and I don't know, I don't know how to change that. I don't have an answer for it yeah, it's, just annoying. It's, just, it's,
0: just, it's just that never ending question. I just have always mm-hmm. wondered and i I see a lot of posts online of of people that have now going back to play live, and then they're like, mm-hmm. why are people?" doing this um yeah. so you're not the only one to say that um but i was just curious what your thoughts were all right well we're right on an i don't want to take too much of your saturday and i, I thank everybody for watching this live it's sorry i didn't get to yes. all the questions um, um
1: let's, let's let's answer a couple i think there's yeah a let's just uh run through it because
0: let me go through the list here
1: um yes Jen we'd love to um so abco and i hopefully we we are working on something, but we hopefully you know it becomes where we get to go to different places and we'll we'll see we'll see where this one goes, but I would love to play at different spots so right now we're working on a couple ones down at the on the west coast. We'll see how that one goes it's it's kind of tricky, just like what you said earlier, where're you know doing live shows kind of like if we go somewhere and then there's no one shows up it's it's kind of hard it's you're losing money and that's that's the last thing i want especially for promoters to get you and then not make any money right you know so you kind of have as an artist you have to be smart about it you have to look at you know um logistics people that they're inviting and all that so yeah but hopefully once things get back to normal then yes i would love to austin sounds dope
0: to go along with your comment there jen then um yeah it's i guess it's just per city too what you're talking about like austin is kind of has their own feel which is great.
1: I yeah. mean, I'm here in Phoenix and it's
0: just a weird, I mean, it's already a weird scene pre COVID, but now it's kind of like everybody's trying to open it up or do shows, even though mm-hmm. Arizona is open, but it's still kind of like people are apprehensive and yeah, other. And then also not a lot of artists are rushing back to play here in Arizona. So like they're going to California or they're going to other states. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a situation where a lot of us are traveling to go see artists because it's like, you know, things are still a little unsure right. for people to like book everywhere. So. Mm-hmm. so it's one of those things of doing it. It's that very things. tricky.
1: It's very tricky. And
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, right, well, I miss a question. Last one. Let me see. Do you want it to be the way? No, I like talking with people. When I'm DJing, yeah, it's cool. But when you when people come up to me and ask for a request, then it's just like I just lose it. I lose whatever momentum I have. And yeah, but I'm talking with people. I like it. There are people in the booth. I'm okay with it. But the moment people like start touching the stuff because I've, I've experienced that like two gigs ago. When I did this one gig, like this person was trying to touch, I asked him, "What was what was what does this do?" And all that, but these are drunk people, so yeah, I I stepped out of the booth, called to to ask for um, to ask for the bouncer to bounce that guy off the DJ booth, which was yeah, (laughs) but yeah,
0: yeah, I don't understand why people, even when you're drunk, feel the need to like do that. I mean. Yeah, I've never well, had that urgency when I've been drunk to be like, hey, I'm we'll, going to go. Yeah.
1: That's yeah, a, <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's another issue altogether. How people yeah. Alcohol.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, everybody who's obviously watching already probably follows. But if you don't, follow Mike Freak on Twitch and check out uh, his SoundCloud as well as all the other links and deets. And thank you, everybody, for... Tuning in live, and this yes. will be available for replay and audio and video form afterwards. And well, uh, thanks, thank you, thank everybody. You. Thank, for-
1: thank you, Brooke. <laughs> thanks for having me. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Mike. For- so how, do, how, how,
1: how do I call you, Brooke or Saxy? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, you can call me Mike. So everyone calls me Mike. <laughs> okay. All right. But-
0: well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode uh, of this podcast.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it.